0: Activity is an extension of the human experience. This wild boundless seascape has been our anchor for our friendship and our sanity. This podcast is an exploration between close
1: friends of storytelling and artistic expression. In this sketchbook series, where Hello. we pop into your playlist with Hello. special moments. Hello. In time, we are exploring the, this time we're exploring the creative journey of our host, Jessica. Hi. Casey. Hi. <laughs> this on the day of her birthday.
0: My birthday. Bum, bum, bum. Woo-hoo. Since Rudo and I are both born on the 22nd,
1: <laughs>
0: not in the same months, right. Ruto is in January and I am in March. Correct. Um, we really wanted to make sure our birthdays were shared together within the charming container of our podcast. Mm. Oh, so charming. So charming. Please, en- <laughs> Please enjoy this episode. We hope you find delight in hearing about my journey and where I'm at at the moment and perhaps find something in there that could help you or someone in your life. Gorgeous. Pixie. Let's, what? Let's start by
1: talking and celebrating about your solo return. It's an opportunity to be inside your world because that's what birthday sketchbooks are all about. And mm-hmm. what's important with you? Let's talk about a big part of your rewriting and your current personal mythology and how that's shaping into your purpose.
0: Well, when I was thinking about recording this with you, I was just checking in with where I'm at and I have gone through a bunch of changes even since we recorded our first episode. Um, I think it was, was it last year that we recorded? Yeah, last year that we recorded our first episode. I have gone through huge transformations um, within myself in terms of who I am, how I see myself, um, where I want to go next. Um, Mm. And I was definitely um, in deep, deep grief. And I'm not saying I'm not anymore, but it definitely feels different. Um, It definitely feels more powerful. And uh, that's just, It's nice to say that out loud. I think that that's the case. I definitely feel more rooted and not in a place in myself. Um, I don't feel right now any kind of like tethering to any place. I'm Mm. kind of floating in the universe and I feel rooted in myself. An internal anchoring. I think so. And um, a kind of like defiance.
1: Mm. I feel defiant.
0: Um, I feel like I don't care anymore about... What people tell me, I'm supposed to do or think. Um, yeah, I'm into rewriting, and I'm going to continue to do so um, within myself, and then hopefully it'll, you know, flow out into other realms. But um, so what is this? I mean the.
1: I assume that there is kind of a revelation or a realization that kind of precedes the, the like real, the anchoring, the anchoring into what, what is it within yourself? You feel more anchored solidly to
0: my morality, what I believe in my values. Wow. (laughs) Um, and I think it took me a long time to come to those with like, with certainty. Um, I mean, I think I always knew them, but it just feels like, I mean, I'm almost 40. I'm turning 39 and I, um, I feel like I'm just getting started. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the big change is just feeling confident for a really long time. I didn't really feel like I belonged or knew where I belonged. And now, ironically, I'm in like this whirlwind of life with not a lot of like, where like I, I was living in a small town, working in a school every day, um, everything was very consistent and very, um, predictable and now things don't feel predictable and I feel more grounded in myself than I did before. <laughs> so, um, that's a huge revelation that I need to be in some kind of, um, flow state all the time. Um, I need to be like adventures and unexpected things and wildness and, um, like living in a city, versus where I was living, I think is definitely energetically just influences you. And I think Mm -hmm. it's great for me to be living in a city right now. Very cool. So I don't know if that answered the question. I feel like it didn't. It's
1: hinting at it. I think you're um, describing your external circumstances really well. And Mm -hmm. I think contextually that um, that, that personal mythology of realizing that the country mouse is now a city mouse and um, she's liking it. She's grooving it. That's the, <laughs> you know, you've painted the illustration, the, the background. What's the foreground? What's been happening for you recently? Something really interesting is going down. And I feel like a lot of it hinges on <sighs> this story that you came across yeah. online.
0: Yes. So, um, you know, I'm starting to put my work out there, my artwork out there. And I was actually in a, like kind of a down spiral. I wasn't doing a lot of art for a few weeks. Um, because the process of starting up this business is a lot. So like with my day job and with that, it was just, I was, um, kind of just chugging along and I happened, I love animals which is one of the things that's um, becoming more prominent to me, that animals are incredibly important to me, all of them. Um, And uh, I, I follow a lot of animal Instagram pages (laughs) and I was uh, following, I don't know if they were, if I was following them or if I just came across it, but it's a huge story. A lot of people know about it. They're called the wild bird fund and they're, I think they're based in New York city and someone had found this pigeon. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was Central Park, but it was somewhere in New York and it was pink and it wasn't pink because of any, like, because that's what its color was. It was pink because somebody dyed it with hair dye. Ugh. Um, and it was really kind of a sad, like realization when I first saw the picture. Cause I was like, oh, it's a cute, like pink bird. And then I read the, you know, the notes underneath and I was like, oh my God, like somebody, somebody dyed it with hair dye. That's terrible and then i followed the story and like they were trying to save it and and then a few days later they posted we were really sorry to tell you that the hair dye basically poisoned this bird to death and it's dead like can you imagine being suffocating to death in toxic fumes Mm. and i kept looking at the pigeon's face and i kept like thinking about how scared it must have been and i'm tearing up a little just talking about it like you know someone made this choice for it and didn't think about what would happen to it. And I, I kind of like, um, because I've been more aware of myself and my morals and my values and the things I'm starting to listen to. I was like, I think you should, in my head, I've been painting a lot of birds. And in my head, I was like, you should probably paint that bird. And, mm. um, so I did immediately. Well, not immediately. I took a day or two and I was like, no, pixie, go paint that bird. So I did. And when I painted it, um, um, I was referencing the photo and um, I was kind of, I didn't want to, I kept thinking, but I don't want to paint it pink because that's not its color. And so I let myself be fantastical. It's not a hyper-realistic image. It's definitely symbolist, spiritualist folk art. (laughs) And um, I referenced the anatomy, but I found myself painting it where the pink, there's a pink wave or like flow coming off of it. And I was like, Oh, I'm freeing it from the hair dye. Mm. And then I, um, and I took a picture of it as best I could, and I posted it and, re- and tagged the Wild Bird Fund. And they, I wasn't the only artist. There were a lot of artists who did that. There are a lot of artists who drew flamingo. But um, the Wild Bird Fund reblogged me, and they quoted what I wrote because I wrote about my experience. Mm. And they reblogged it, and um, I started getting visibility on my page. Mm. And the, the idea of getting visibility on my page, as you know, and you can relate to, is is both cool and scary um, because I have so many like feelings around being seen. I want to be seen in a certain way and I want to make a living doing this, but I also wanted to be authentic. And I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was real and it wasn't just, you know, and, and I realized when I checked in that it was like, that was a real genuine response. It was a genuine reflection I didn't know if anyone was gonna like it I hoped so like that it would move people and I got so many responses and it was very moving and um, I, I even got contacted by the person who found the bird um, oh, and wow. so I you know it's one of the beauty beautiful things about social media where I'm finding all these people who care about the same things I do and it felt good that they were responding to what I wrote and it felt I'm not going to speak for anyone. I mean, it worked for for me personally, but it felt like people really resonated with the idea that the pink was coming off. And, um, I found yeah. myself thinking, I think I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And when I say this, I'm not hundred percent sure what I mean. Um, but, um, I felt like I hit something really important to my voice.
1: Yeah. I think you did too. And I love that for the wild bird fund, to raise awareness for this issue and then to have a group of artists collectively digest emotional content like this. And I think that that is a nod to the home of creativity. It lies in um, experiencing reality on more dimensions than just the intellect um, and the observable. And the fact that you were able to create transformation within that piece like there's real um there's like a timelessness in that piece because like you say i think um folk spiritualist (laughs) symbolist art has has no era it's timeless and you're Symbols are really, really easy to digest. You have this beautiful flash, this star um, and the meeting point between the bird and the color draining out. And I think there's like a real potency to that moment as well where you're, (sighs) you're marking for us this moment in time that isn't real. But now that we've all seen it and now we've all been able to experience it, it is now real.
0: Yeah, and I'm getting chills because I was thinking to myself I was going to speak about cuz I was looking at the image too and I was going to say, "Oh, I just realized I made like a portal for the for the ink or the hair dye to exit." Right. And I didn't even notice it till now. Cool. Um and so we you said everything I was thinking. Why as you said it. I was like, "Oh. <laughs> Dreamcast. Dream fasting." Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, it was huge, and it felt like a communion with everyone and a healing ceremony or something. And I think that's what I want to do with my art is I want to I want to resonate. I want to find the things I'm resonating with. And I I think I need to speak a little about pigeons, if that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, pigeons. Let's Let's talk about pigeons. Rock
1: doves, as Darwin would call them. Rock doves, really?
0: Yeah, they were his favorite animal. I did not know that. Okay, well let's talk about pixie and pigeons because i love pigeons um and you're a
1: rare bird
0: i am and like um i've always gotten call them flying rats and i like rats so that wouldn't be bad for me especially if they were flying which would be really really cool huh. um and i also love you know seagulls and people are like what and i'm like <laughs> i love seagulls um you so, think
1: because they both have so much like popular stigma? Is that why you love them? Or you've just coincidentally also loved these, you know, misrepresented birds?
0: There's a there's multi-layers to this answer. I mean, mm. one of them is one of them is I genuinely just love animals. Like I and as I get older I realize they have to be around me. I need to be seeing them and interacting with them. They feel me, are they very support me. Accessible, right? They are around. Those birds, yeah. Um the you know you look into their eyes and like you see you just see um authenticity they're not trying to put you on or like lie to you or they they're so pure you know animals are very pure they're not they they are what they are and they're just existing and we are in their in their way but they're just putting up with us i don't know it's just you know i and um i i just feel like birds these birds tend to be like kind of demonized for some reason and i'm not sure why um So I don't think it's because I'm not supposed to like them. I genuinely always thought they were cool and cute. I mean, pigeons are shiny. They have like shiny, glistening feathers and they walk in this hilarious, cute way. And they like, and if you look at, I mean, if you look at the picture of Flamingo and we're going to link to all this information about the Wild Bird Fund and everything, you can see pictures of him and like his eyes are I mean, he looks very terrified in the picture, which is heartbreaking, but they have a lot of feeling in their faces. I mean, they're just looking for food and, like, exploring the world. And um, I just, I don't know, I connect with animals, but I also think I see myself in them. Um, in things like seagulls and pigeons, um, they're, they they do it anyway, even though they feel, even though they're not accepted or, you know, they're like the unexpected event. I don't know if that makes sense, but they're sure does. I look at them and I'm like, oh, you're a misfit. I see you. I can relate. Um, but we're not really misfits. We're fine. Just everyone doesn't see, you know, I think it's just, it speaks to something I've dealt with in my life where I have felt misunderstood or passed over. And, um, I don't ever want anyone to feel like that. And I've always felt like pigeons and seagulls, Get treated like that, and I'm like, that's not fair. They didn't do anything to anybody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, they're literally just living here. Like, why does why, why does everyone hate them? I actually have strong feelings about it. And like, why does everyone hate seagulls? Like, they they're living living on the beach. Like, let them live there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Layers op- on layers of social commentary here. Love so it. many, yeah. And also, like, they're I think they're opportunists. I mean, they'll they'll take whatever they need to survive, and that's badass. Like, you know, to be able to like be strategic enough and hardworking enough to get what you need. And I can relate to that. Yeah. So um, I think I have this kinship with them, but I have one more funny little like anecdote. I think that it's important is with seagulls, not that we're talking about, we're talking about pigeons, but I, I kind of lump them together because of that connection. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I had this cat a long time ago named little Mal who was um, just uh, tenacious. Just, she, would get into everything and wanted to be a part of everything. She was a darling, darling cat. She was the sweetest thing. She was a scrawny little runt. She died way too young, but she was always sick. But she was an opportunist. And, you know, a few years after she passed away, she had to be put down pretty early in her life. This is another world, another life I was in. But um, I loved that cat. And um, I think my heart broke in some kind of way when she died. Whenever I'd go to the ocean and see seagulls, I would feel like she was kind of in those seagulls, like that she had joined them and that she was a little cat seagull. And so whenever I see
1: favorite kind of stories. Yeah. When you see that thing in in another form, I love it. Reminds me of my favorite childhood story about the woman who runs with horses and she becomes one. one of the horses.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's my like background, you know, feelings on those birds. You know that oh, it, it was not thing. even that it was had been this terrible thing, cruelty to an animal, but to the specific bird that I've always liked. Yeah, you know that I've always found to be misunderstood and misrepresented, and I think that like that might have been why someone felt like they could do that to it, right? You know, and like, and that made it even worse. You know, I was like, so here's this thing just trying to live. You're in its like you're you're kind of sharing space with it. You don't get to do anything you want, and like. Someone just uses it for whatever they wanted it for. People thought maybe it was for a baby shower or something and like, they just tortured it.
1: Americans do horrible things for gender reveal parties. Yeah. So that's probably why we all went there in terms of theorizing yeah. that. Because again, like you said, I'm um, like I said, uh, layers of social commentary going on with this experience, but you, the way that you are supporting and championing um, both a wildlife protection effort and and rescue and rescue obviously like part of protection is rescuing from the horrors of humanity but the Mm -hmm. the fact that you were able to support the wild bird fund both by visibility by talking about it by reacting to it in a creative way i think it adds so much extra um, reverence and honor to the purpose of wildlife protection Like to be able to say, artists, please lend us your energy because where attention goes, you know.
0: Yeah. And it feels like the only thing I want to do, I I would love to paint more birds and draw attention to them and find that little thing, that little extra thing about them that makes them different and like paint it, you know, instead of just painting flamingo, I painted flamingo separating from the pain or or healing and I want to do that oh <clears throat> the pain and the healing yeah right this is what you never
1: shy away from the pain and the healing and the no and the, and the transforming of grief
0: yeah and it's how I deal with my own mm. so yeah like I'm looking at it and I'm feeling sad but um you know because it was hard for me to for all, I mean, this is just one little tidbit of things that I feel sad about the world, you know. I mean, it is it is a symbol for, like, I don't know how in denial of, we all are, me included, you know, like just how we're just kind of caught up in this web of, like, sometimes it feels like um, we're not paying attention to ourselves or each other or how we're hurting each other and that ends up bleeding out into the other creatures we live here with. And I couldn't help but think about the Banshees of Inishirin a little bit because it's like, they become the, like the casualties of our errors. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think about this stuff a lot. I think about, you know, I recently watched a documentary about Chernobyl, which was really good on HBO. And, um, that affected the whole ecosystem and animals and pets, not just humans. It just the, the mistakes we make affect so many things, and we have to like take ownership of that as best we can. And this one little small thing—it's very small, but it means a lot to me, and um, I care about it. And the really the big thing is, I had to just listen to to because the only way I can make anything is if I genuinely feel this, like, the heart leaps. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I, I responded, you know, I have to follow those things or it won't be authentic for me. And so this was where I landed. And so now I just feel like I'm interacting with a lot of people who love pigeons. And I'm like, <laughs> this is totally <laughs> fine with me. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finding but, pigeon people. So I want to be really clear on this.
1: The The very first episode we ever recorded, we talked about what, how do you know? Um, mm-hmm. How do you select your pieces? How do you select... Um, the subject matter, or how do you even know if you should stop what you're doing and start something new or keep going if you're in a rough pot. So like the, the signaling and for you, it's the heart leaps. Artistically, the heart leaps are your pendulum, your information source to keep going, pay attention. This is the thing you've landed.
0: Yeah. And like a little word on obsession, you know, I just, you know, spoke about uh, my, my OCD in the last episode and about, you know, obsession. And I do tend to get obsessed with things like that. People are like, what, you know, like, you know, I've, I've gotten obsessed with Holocaust films and learning about, you know, the, the intricacies of that event. Um, Things that are going on with cults in our society. I get really into reading about those Um, and something like this you know, I got really sucked in. And um, while it seems weird, uh, it was the way to my, to my voice, like, and I was thinking a lot about that. It's, you know, people kind of like look at me weird or think I'm strange, but that's actually some people, you know, but that's actually how I make what I make Mm. because I fixate on things. And this was something that was really important. And I can only believe that it's always going to happen for a reason, like that, You know, in this particular instance, and I'm sure the other artists who drew Flamingo felt the same way, that we had some sort of connection, you know, with this animal on some level. And I believe that happens. So that's pretty magical. And I would like to imagine that the spirit of Flamingo is enjoying a different kind of experience now. (laughs) Yeah. And you're
1: offering this message, this homage, as your birthday present to the world (laughs) to come join communally um take a moment to think about the tender vulnerable beautiful magic that is encased within this story and and within the spirit of birds and you've got bird prints coming soon because i feel like everyone should have a flamingo print um I'm trying to figure out what size I
0: want for this. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to make them 11 by 14. Um, I think that's about the size of the paper, but it'll be smaller on the paper, so it'll have a white space around it. Um, and it's it's I'm halfway there. Um, I'm getting it's getting photographed, and the prints will come through soon. So I'm just taking orders now, basically, um, and uh, I'm just telling people if they are interested in flamingo. Or getting a print, um, they will be forty dollars, and ten percent is going to the Wild Bird Fund. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a way of kind of sending love all around in the form of monetary support. <laughs> so, um, as soon as those bird prints are here, I'll be, I'll be, I'll have a link to how to get those to to be able to purchase them. And um, in the meantime, people can just message me on Instagram or send me an email. I can't wait to get one to my sister. She's a vet. Oh yeah, did she hear about this story? Um, you know, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So, Flamingo Prince coming to you soon. Mm.
1: <sighs> Thanks for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. really want to celebrate you as you blossom and mature, um, and also just travel your travel your journey your self-awareness throughout all of that. I mean, it must be beautiful to be able to like add, you know, if, if you're like it, life is like a, like a rock sculpture on the beach, you know, you're able to see all of the different shapes and textures and tonality to all those rocks. You know, some of them are from Ireland, some of them are from deep riverbeds inside of Scandinavian forests and some of them are like gravelly from like the car lot at purchase you know like tar <laughs> and cement and you know some are magical quartz-like gourd you know things from Ithaca and in the, in the gorges there's like So many different, and I'm offering you like a limestone one from Kentucky, even though I don't know if I've ever taken you to Kentucky, but you've got one. haven't been able to get there yet. (laughs) And you've got some lava rock from New Zealand.
0: Yes. Happy Um, birthday.
1: Thank you. You're such a magnificent sculpture of a being.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, I was just thinking, you know, with age, it can be a heavy thing when we turn a little older and sometimes it hits me and I, I have that feeling, but actually I'm actually feeling like, again, like I'm just getting started. I feel like I'm, mm. I'm not really playing that game about, Oh, I'm getting all, it's like, no, I'm actually like finally becoming who I am, you know, Ugh. get, get ready. <laughs> going to paint all the birds. I know. And there's so them. many there's
1: so many characters in in like movies where you're like this character is like finally growing into like who they've always been. Like you were just meant to be an old grumpy person and you're finally like getting to play an old grumpy person. You're like, yeah,
0: that's me. <laughs> I don't want to be an old grumpy person though. I want to like no, that's I'm, me. Sorry. I, oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like I I mean, I, I feel that. And like there's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's the me that's saying I'm doing and believing whatever I want, you know, I don't care what you think. Um, let's rewrite our let's rewrite our reality or you know what Mark mm. always says, I'm taking my imagination back. I think that might be my mantra, like yeah. I'm taking my imagination back from all this like apathy and all this crap that I feel bogged down by. But I want to keep getting more and more full of wonder. Like my goal is just to be more and more enamored with where I am and finding the magic anywhere I can. I'm going to be so like excited about life by the time I die. Like that's my goal. I'm just going to be like, (laughs) I'll be dying. and I'll be like, this place is amazing. Hang on. So excited to go to the next place. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just like, I want to be in love with life as much as I possibly can. And I'm saying that out loud. So here's to that.
1: Looking <laughs> around, seeing the echoes reverberate out. Yes. Yeah. Turn it up. <laughs> Do you want to mention anything else for your
0: birthday sketchbook? Um, no, just, I'd love your support. I'm, I am in the world. I'm Jessica Pixie. I'm making art. And um, I'd love for you to have Flamingo somewhere in your home or for someone else. And I love you, Rudo. love you, Pixie. Are you
1: sure? Nothing else? Yeah, I don't think it's anything else. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And dear listener, please check out our show notes for the links for... um, Both uh, Jessica Pixie's uh, website, and please reach out to her to pre-order the print, and you can leave us a review as a birthday present or uh, buy someone you love a flamingo as well as yourself um, because of the wild bird fund proceeds. There is no such thing as too much art. Please engage Mm -hmm.
0: with us on social. Tell us what you think. The music we use for our podcast is called "Whimsical Aliens" and was written and performed by. Alejandro Bernard from Ithaca, New York please subscribe and like his music tutorials on YouTube. You can become a Patreon for him as well on Piano Perfect to support further and this project is always amazingly edited and produced by Bjorn and we are very very thankful for all of his support and we will see you next time See you next time <laughs>